Sponsored by Rabbi Shlemi and Mirla Greenwald. This is a sikha from Makota Sikhis, Chedukid Bey's Parsha Shmini Sikha Aleph. And the topic of the sikha is that in this week's Parsha, we learn about the death of Nadav Vaviu and we learn a Rashi on it. And there are four parts in the sikha. The Rebbe will, number one, ask six questions on Rashi. Number two, present the key to what is really bothering Rashi. Number three, based on this, answer all six questions. And number four, present the Inyone Halacha and the Yenishal Torah in Rashi. On the Pasuk in our parasha, and a fire went out before Hashem, and it consumed them, referring to Nadav and Aviyu, and they died before Hashem. So Rashi quotes the words, and a fire went out, and he explains that there are two opinions over here for why Nadav and Aviyu died. Rabbi Lezer Eimer, Rabbi Lezer says, The sons of Aaron only died through this, that they taught Halacha in front of Moshe their Rebbe. That's the opinion of Rabbi Lezer. Rabbi Shmuel argues with this. Rabbi Shmuel Eimer, Rabbi Shmuel says, The reason they died is because they entered the Mikdush after having drunk wine. Teda, you should know that this is true. Because after they died, we find right away afterwards as a command where he warned the remaining sons of Aaron that they should not enter the Mikdush after having drunk wine. And he concludes, Mashal a Melech Shahoyale Ben Bayas Vikulu. There's a mashal to this from a king that had a Ben Bayas, Vikulu, etc. Like it's taught over there in Vayikaraba, this mashal, and we'll see the mashal in full later in the Sikha. And there are six questions over here. The first question is the reason for the death of the sons of Aaron, of the Bnei Aaron, is written clearly in the Pasuk. It says in the previous Pasuk, They brought in front of Hashem an Ezzara that they were not commanded to bring. And therefore, the next Pasuk, our Pasuk says, A fire went forth, and they died. And so there isn't any need for any explanation at all. So why do we have a Rashi over here? It seems when we read the Pesukim, we see clearly why they died. The second question is that even though it seems that there's no need for an explanation from Rashi over here at all, nevertheless, Rashi gives an explanation and he gives one that doesn't seem to fit it with Pshutta Shamikra. Because in Pshutta Shamikra, the reason they died is because they brought an H Zara. And here Rashi gives us two other explanations. He says that those are the reasons that they died. The third question is since Rashi is explaining why they died, so then he should have quoted from the Pasuk the word Vayamusu. He's explained to us Vayamusu, why did they die? And he should not have quoted the words Vatetzeyesh. The fourth question is, we know that when Rashi gives two explanations for something, it's because each one has difficulties that the other one doesn't have. And in addition, the one that he brings first is the one that has less or smaller difficulties. And so the question over here is, what are the difficulties on each of the explanations of Rashi and in what way is the first explanation of Rashi better than the second explanation? The fifth question is, like we said many times, that if Rashi in his explanation brings the name of the opinion that says this teaching, which is not what he does most of the time, it's in order to add explanation to what he said. And so we have to understand over here, what do we learn from this that Rashi tells us the Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Yishmael were the ones that said these teachings. What do we learn from this that Rashi tells us their names?
And the sixth question is, Rashi's explanation, as is known, is extremely, extremely precise. And so we have to understand, when Rashi quotes the words of the Medrash, he says, Mashal of Melech, it's a mushal to a king, Shahayala ben Bayas, who had a ben Bayas v'chulu, like it's ton of We have to understand over here, if Rashi's intent is just to tell us which medrash he's referring to, and it's up to the person learning it to then look into the medrash and study it, so then he should have written in short, at the very most, he should have written, mashal melech v'chulu. It's a mashal to a king, etc., like it says in v'yikarabah. And if Rashi's intent is to also tell us the content of the mashal, then just saying those first few words doesn't help. And so therefore we have to say that when Rashi adds, not just, he says, not just mashal melech, but he adds, shahoyoloi ben bias, it means that this is a very important detail for understanding his pirush. And so we have to understand what is it that we learn through those words that Rashi adds, that these are such integral and important words to Rashi's explanation. In what way are they so integral and so important? Now we're going to move on to the key of the Sikha. And once we present the key of the Sikha, it's going to lead into all the answers to our questions on Rashi. And the key of the Sikha is going to be to understand what's really bothering Rashi. And once we understand what's really bothering Rashi, then we'll understand everything that Rashi says, because by saying what he says, that's how Rashi answers this question, which is the question that's really bothering him. So the explanation of all of this is as follows. Since Rashi quotes the words Vatetzeish, so we could see over here we're already beginning to answer the third question. Why does Rashi quote the words Vatetzeish and not Vayamusu? So since Rashi quotes the words Vatetzeish, this indicates that there's a difficulty in these words that compelled him to explain Lemesu Bnei Aaron Ela That's what compelled him to explain the reason for the death of the Bnei Aaron. So now, the general manner of the death of the Bnei Aaron is understood, since it's Midah Keneged Midah. They were punished with Vatetzei Eish, because of their Avera of bringing an Eish Zara. But it's difficult over here. And that is, how can we say in Pshutosh Mikra that with the words Vatetzei Eish, the Torah is describing the harshest of punishments, which is the punishment of death of Misa, when just two psukim beforehand, the Torah described with these very same words, Vatetzei the greatest of rewards, which was the Hashra Sashchina, which was recognized through Vatetzei like it says in the Pasuk, just two psukim before this Pasuk. It says, Vatetzei Eish, Melifne Hashem, Vateichal Ala Mizbeach, Esa Eilov, Esa Chalavim, Vayar Kalaom, Vayaroinu, Vayiplo Opneim. So through the words Vatetzeish, the Torah over there describes the greatest of rewards. And this is the difficulty that Rashi has. And this is what's really bothering Rashi over here, and it's because of this that Rashi says what he says. So we're going to begin now with the main point of the answer. And here we're going to answer the first question that we had on Rashi. The first question was that the reason for the death of the sons of Aaron is written clearly in the Pasuk, and there isn't any need for any explanation at all. So actually, because of this difficulty of Rashi, that the words Vatetzeish, just two psukim before our Pasuk, were used to describe the greatest of rewards. And now the words Vatetzeish and our Pasuk are being used to describe the greatest of punishments. So because of this difficulty, it compels Rashi to explain that also the Vatetzeish, by the death of the Bnei Aaron, is a me'ein of Ashra Sashchino. If the Torah is using the same words Vatetzeish over here, like it used 
two psukim before this pasuk to describe the Ashras Ashkina, it means that also the Vatetsa Ish over here is a Me'ain of Ashras Ashkina. So this is an explanation in Pshutish Mikra. And it's only because there was something lacking in the way they acted during this Avaidah that therefore they died. Because if it's a Me'ain of Ashras Ashkina, because the Avaidah itself was an Avaidah Kadesha, so why did they die? It must be that there was something lacking in the way they acted during this Avaidah. And this is all in Pshutish Mikra. So when we just look at the Psukim isolated on their own, then we say that it looks, it seems clear why they died. They died because they brought an Eish Zara. But once we see this question of Rashi, that it says Vatetsa Eish over here, just like it says just two psukim before our pasuk for Ashras Ashchina, that shows us that also over here when it says Vatetsa Eish and Pshutu Shemikra, it must mean that there is a Me'ain of Ashras Ashchina over here, because the Aveda itself that they performed was an Aveda Kedusha, and the reason they died must be that there was something lacking in the way they acted during this Aveda. As Rashi gives two explanations for that, and as we'll see. As we move on in the Sikha, how those two explanations fit very well in Pshutta Shomikra, which was the second question on Rashi. That Rashi it gives an explanation that doesn't fit in Pshutta Shomikra. We'll see how those two explanations do fit very well in Pshutta Shomikra. So we're going to begin by looking at the first answer in Rashi. So because of this difficulty that we can't say the actual Aved itself was not good, but rather to the contrary, that was an Aved Gdaisha. And we have to say that the reason they died was because something that was lacking in the way they acted during the Savaita. So that's why Rashi writes, and we're going to insert words over here to show how it fits with this explanation, that they didn't die through the Avaida, because the Avaida was an Avaida Kdesha. But rather, they only died through this that they taught halacha, zu, this very halacha, the Akravas of bringing this fire b'fnei Meisha Rabban in front of Meisha the Rebbe. And it's not a contradiction to what it says in the Pasuk that the reason, what they did is that they brought an Eiz Zorash and that was the problem. Because to the contrary, these words imply that it was an Eiz Zara only because Leit Siva Isam. It wasn't inherently an Eiz Zara, it was actually an Avayda Gdesha. What made an Eiz Zara? Because Asher because they weren't commanded to do it, but rather they taught it to themselves. And nevertheless, even though it's inherently an Aveda Gdaisha, it's still called an Azara, similar to what's written by the Ktairas. It says Ktaira Zara, which means Zara Slay. Anything that doesn't belong there is going to be described as Zara. And so this didn't belong there because they weren't taught to do it by Maisha, but rather they taught it to themselves in front of Maisha Rabban. However, and so with that we answered our part of our second question, how it fits in Pshutosh HaMikra, at least the first answer. And now we're going to move on to answer part of the fifth question. Why does Rashi tell us the name Rabbi Lezer? So however, it's a little difficult to say that they deserve such a harsh punishment for this. Why did they deserve such a harsh punishment if the Aveda is an Aveda Gdesha? And it's only that they were Aheru Allah Rabban. And Rashi hints to the answer by quoting the name of Rabbi Lazar. Because lofty and great praises were said about Rabbi Lazar describing his great strength and his great wisdom in Torah. And nevertheless, it was Rabbi Lazar who said that that someone who says something that he didn't hear from the mouth of his Rebbe, he causes the Shekhinah to leave the Yidden. And this is a Kavu Chemer to the case over here by Nadav and Aviyu, when a person says it in front of Rabbi, 
because Rabbi Lezer was only talking about somebody who says something that he didn't hear from his Rebbe. Here we have that they're doing this, not just saying it, and doing it, and they're doing it in front of the Rebbe himself, they're doing it in front of Meish Rabbeinu. And so we see from Rabbi Lezer how severe such a thing is, and that therefore they deserve to die. Now we're going to move on to discuss the second answer. And we're going to start off by pointing out what's the difficulty with the first answer. So this is a partial answer to our fourth question, what's difficult in each of the answers that therefore Rashi brings two answers, and also why are the difficulties in the second answer greater, that because of those difficulties are greater, therefore Rashi brings it as the second answer, and he brings the first one that has smaller difficulties first. So we're going to point out the difficulties in the first answer. But this first answer isn't fully understood. It's not entirely good. Because then the question is from the other direction. Now that we explained the severity of what they did, so since by bringing this k'teris, they taught halacha b'fnei rabban, and they caused the shechina to leave, like Rabbi Lezer says, so how can it be that through it they also caused v'teitzeish, a me'in of ashras ha And because of this, Therefore, Rashi brings a second explanation that they entered the base of Mikdash after having drunk wine. Because according to this answer, we're discussing an Avera, an Avera that they weren't commanded about yet. And therefore, they're bringing the Gteris itself, that was Bishlemus, without any Avera. And so it's understood why you're brought about because like we said, it was just a pure Aveda Kadesha. And it's just that there was an Avera about which they weren't yet commanded. And that's also why Rashi says, She should know, because after their death, he warned the remaining ones that they shouldn't enter after having drunk wine to the, to the Mikdash. Because with this, Rashi is coming to tell us not just a proof for this answer, that, look, they were given the command right afterwards, so it shows it's connected. But also the advantage in this explanation that they didn't do any Avera by bringing the Ktaris since they weren't given the command yet. And it's not a question, we said, how does it fit in Pshut Mikra from what it says, Ezara Asher Leitziva Isam. It sounds like the Avera was that they brought an Ezara Asher Leitziva Isam. So according to the first answer, we said, it was only an Ezara because they weren't commanded to do it. But according to this answer, we're saying there's no issue that they did something in front of Maisha Rabban. So what does it mean, Because Isam implies that, that, they, that he did command others to bring this Ish. It wasn't something that was against the command. Actually, it was commanded. And the only explanation for why they weren't commanded, now why would it be they weren't commanded but others were? What could be the explanation for why they weren't commanded even though they were so great? The only explanation was because of something that happened at that time. And that is that they were Shesuya Yayin. So the way we read it is that they brought a Ezara Asher Leitziva Isam. And why Asher Leitziva Isam if he commanded others? If he commanded others, if Hashem commanded others, for sure they would be commanded as well. They were on such a high level. It must be that they weren't commanded because of a detail at that time. And what's that detail that Shesuya Yayin that they had it was right after they had drunk wine and therefore it was not for them and so that's how we see how it fits into the Pshut HaShemikra as well however according to this explanation the question is why they were punished and so harshly if all they did is an aver that they weren't commanded about yet and to answer this Rashi says Rashi quotes the words Shahayullah ben Bayas because those are, those are the words we have to keep in mind that are going to answer to us why they were punished in so harshly. So it says over there in the Medrash, Mashallah Melech Shahayullah ben Bayas Naman, 
there was a king that had a trustworthy ben bayas he found him standing by the doors of stores he quietly severed his head. He killed him. And he appointed a different Ben Bias in his place. We don't know why did he kill the first one. Rather from this that he commanded, commands the second one and said to him, don't go into the doors of stores. We know that it's because of that that he killed the first one, that he was hanging around, which is an inappropriate thing for a ben bias of the king. So from the Medrash it's understood that even though the first one wasn't commanded about it, but since he was a ben bias of the king, he should have understood it on his own. And Rashi hints to this by adding the words ben bias, that they were not of an avio, they were bnei biased by Hashem, and they should know it on their own. They should know on their own not to be shesuya yayin. So the key words of the medrash. So here we're answering the sixth question on Rashi. Why does Rashi quote the words ben bias? Because those are the key words to answer this big question. Why were they punished so harshly for an aver that they weren't commanded about yet? Because they were bnei bias of Hashem, and as bnei bias, there's certain things they should have known on their own. Just like in the mushal over there of the king. And now we're going to move on to 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 answer more about the fifth question of Rashi why does Rashi say the name over here of Rabbi Yishmael but still it's not fully understood why the Bnei Iron are punished with a severe death for something they weren't commanded about still even though they should have known but they have to get such a severe punishment and it's because of this difficulty that Rashi adds this is the explanation of Rabbi Yishmael because it says about Rabbi Yishmael in the Gemara Kahana Messiah Kahani he himself was a Kayan and he was looked out to help other Kahanim. And so Rabbi Yishmael prefers to help and be lenient with the Bnei Aaron Kayanim, even if it doesn't fit so well in the Psukim. He'd rather say that their Avera wasn't so big, that they did a small Avera, even though there will be a difficulty, why was their punishment so great? He'd rather say that than to explain the Psukim in such a way that it fits better, but it makes their Avera bigger. So Rashi is answering to us, why did they get such a punishment? The truth is it doesn't fit so well that they got such a punishment. But this is the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel, And Rabbi Shmuel prefers to say that they got such a big punishment for a smaller Avera than to explain that their Avera was great and that's why they got a great punishment. And now we're going to move on to answer the fourth question, complete answering the fourth question. We're going to present what are the difficulties with this answer of Rashi and why they're greater than the difficulty that we said that there is on the first answer. However, because number one it says, it calls it an Ezara, which implies that there was something wrong with the Akrava itself. And number two, since there wasn't any Avera with the Akrava of the Eish, so why were they punished with Vatetzei Eish? Why did they get punished with an Eish? According to the first answer, it was an Ezara, because they did it in front of Moshe, their teacher. And they got punished with Eish because they did something wrong with the Eish. They did it in front of their teacher. They were Hoyru Allah Bifnei Moshe Rabban. So because of these two difficulties, therefore Rashi isn't satisfied with this explanation. And not only isn't he fully satisfied with it, these difficulties are so great that he only brings it as a second explanation. From the Nyane Allah and Rashi. Rashi writes, Just like it is in Gemara. And he doesn't write, Without writing Moshe. And the question is, why does Rashi have to add the name Moshe over here? And it's even more difficult since there seems to be over here an even more severe Avera than And that is that they did it in front of Aaron who was both Rabban and their father. 
And in addition, what they did, which was bringing an Azar, the Kteris, was connected to the Avoid of Aaron. So they were like taking away the Avoid of Aaron. So it would seem that just writing Bifnei Rabban would be better because it also includes Aaron, which seems to be a more severe Avera because he was both their father and Rabban. And in addition, they were taking his Avoidah. And the explanation is, we find in the dinam of Aseba that a Talmud who was sitting in front of his Rav, even if it's not Rabbi Muvak, his prominent Rav, he's not permitted to lean in front of him because of Meira, the covid of the Rav, unless his Rav gave him permission. But there is no obligation on the Rav to give him permission and be Meichel his honor. Whereas by one's father, so it says that even if he is Rabbi Muvak, he must lean since the father is probably Michael his honor for his son. And so too here. Even though their mitzvah and chiyuv of honoring their Rav and father, Aaron, is greater than their mitzvah and chiyuv of honoring Moshe Rabban, nevertheless, it's less severe. Their lack of honor to, the, to their Rav and father, Aaron, since the father is probably Michael his son. And this also sweetens why Rashi says Bnei Aaron, even though we know it's talking about them. Rashi says Lemesu Bnei Aaron. We know it's talking about Bnei Aaron. Why does Rashi say it? Because that explains to us that since we're talking about Bnei Aaron, therefore it's understood that Lemesu Bnei Aaron Elo Al Since we're talking about Bnei Aaron, so the only explanation could be that they were Hayru Allaha Bifnei Moshe Rabban and not Bifnei Aaron Rabban, because since they were the Bnei Aaron, so we assume and we say that probably Aaron was Moichel them. And the only explanation left for why they died is that they were Hayru Allaha Bifnei Moshe Rabban. From Yenushal Teira and the Hayru from Rashi, so even though the level of Nadav and Avi was very high to the extent that Moshe said to Aaron, about them, Shehim Gdaili Mimeni Umimcha, they're greater than me and you. And Hashem said about them, He called them Bikrevai, which Rashi says means Bibchirai. So they were so great, nevertheless, they were punished with a severe severe punishment because of their lack of proper bittle to their Rav. And Rashi then brings down Rabbi Lezer. And Rabbi Lezer, despite his great strength and wisdom in Torah, he's the one who says, Someone who's lacking in Bittal to his Rav. So that Bittal matters to the Gili of the Shechina, to the entirety of Klal Yisrael, because he causes the Shechina Shetistalik Yisrael. And so from here we see a person shouldn't say, I'm a great Lamdan in Talmud Chacham, and how can I be bottled to a Rav and wait for his direction in Allah, his direction on worldly matters, and his direction regarding the path in Avedah Sashem. A person can't say this. So that's the first the first part of the Yenushal Torah in Heira from Rashi. And then Rashi continues and tells us about Shesoya Yayin. What that teaches us is that on the other hand, it's demanded of each person that is learning Torah should be based on his understanding and in a way that he's fully immersed in it. And that's what Rashi says, Shesuya Yayin Nichnasullah Mikdash. Because Yayin is Bina, and Shesuya Yayin represents that a person is fully immersed in Bina. And the only issue over there was not that they were Shesuya Yayin. Shesuya Yayin is required from a person. The issue was that it was Nichnasullah Mikdash. Nichnasullah Mikdash means that it was at the time of Tfila. And Tfila is a time when a person has to be completely bottle. But when it comes to Limitat Torah, there it has to be Yayin, and it has to be Shesuya Yayin. And like the Rebbe brings a story from Rabbi Huda Bar that he looked like he was Shasuya Yayin because that's how he was Baruchnius and it affected him so strongly all the way down into Gashmius that that's how it affected how he looked. And when one has complete bittal in tefillah, 
that when it comes to Nikhlasul Mikdash, they're not Shasuyayayan. It helps the person have the proper bitl also while learning Torah, that the person can bring that bitl into limited Torah. However, there's a question here. And that is, how is it possible to combine these two opposites in learning Torah? That on one hand, the person should be Yayan and Shasuya Yayan, completely immersed in his own understanding. On the other hand, there should be bit, the person should be Batal, should have total Batal of his Mitzis. And the answer to that is given in the continuation of Rashi. That combining these two opposites comes from being a Ben Bias of Hashem. That's what Rashi says, Moshe Lamelech Shaila Ben Bias. That since we're talking over here about Yidin, that Yidin are a Ben Bias of Hashem. So Hashem gives a Yid the ability and the strength to combine opposites that a Yid should be able to learn Torah with his understanding and at the same time to have the proper bittle to the extent that through this a person can bring together the another two opposites which are the opposites of the world and the opposite of Elikus that a person can combine the world and Elikus that the world should should conduct itself according to the way that the person the person din of the person learning Torah in his maskana, like the Gemara says about Lakel Gamer Olai, that the din in Torah actually affects the physical uh, reality in the world, and through this a person brings about that even the Basar should be able to see Elokos with the coming of Mashiach Zedkenu.